0: I was like at a retreat and I was having this massage. And and this guy said to me, he's like, you know, I know you work out, but it's not relieving your stress. And you have to find another way to work through the stress.
1: This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 166 of Yes And, and this episode is brought to you by our friends over at AdvoCare, one of my favorite supplement companies in the game, guys. Their supplements have helped me really think differently about the way I think about my health and wellness and supplements, supplementing what we may be missing in our life because nobody's going to get every vitamin every day in all the perfect ways. Well, supplements can help us do just that, fill the deficit. And boy, AdvoCare is out there killing the game with their free resources, their education, their inspiration, and of course, their juicy products. So um, they are a podcast sponsor, our signature, our studio sponsor, baby, And that is on purpose because I'm obsessed. So um, support them, and support us when you go shopping by using the code FEELBETTER15. That's FEELBETTER15 to get discounts when you listen to this podcast because you listen to this podcast. And did you know that you can try before you buy? If you want to give AdvoCare a run around the block and try some of the supplements without paying a dime, all you got to do is leave a review of this podcast, a five-star review on iTunes, screenshot it, email it to me over at hello at judyholler.com, and then we will send some of my products to your front door. All right, y'all. So excited to be back here with you. And today we are talking to one of my favorite creatives, one of my favorite marketers, one of my favorite entrepreneurs. I mean, she has a book coming out in the world. I think it dropped this week and her book is not just going to be a book that's out in the world, but she has gotten a whole deal with Target. So her book is going to be surrounded by products and an entire product line tied to the essence of her book, which is about elevating your life, yourself, your business. I mean, think about that. This woman has been in business since she was 16 years old and continues to blow my mind with the way she puts herself out there and and prioritizes herself along the way. I mean, this is really what her book is all about. You know, how do you meet your your goals without sacrificing joy for productivity and progress? Right. And I think so many of us get afraid to launch anything new. And I think this is why we end up in the graveyard of dreams. If you don't know that quote by Les Brown, it is juicy. I'll read it to you. It is this: Les Brown writes, "The graveyard." The graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here you will find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never sung, the inventions that were never shared, the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was too afraid to take the first step, keep with the problem, or determined to carry out their dream. Wow, right? Like so many so many beautiful ideas and books and symphonies and pieces of art and conversations and dreams, daydreams that could become dream dreams are sort of living in this graveyard of dreams because we are too afraid to make the first move, right? We aren't prepared. We are lacking inspiration. We don't play enough in our life and we don't give ourselves the permission to transform. All of that is what we're going to talk to Tina about today. So um, Tina Wells, who is she? Um, She's a business strategist. She's an author. She's an entrepreneur. (laughs) She's an advisor and fast company calls her one of the most 100 creative people in business. So if Tina is talking, I am listening. We're going to talk a little marketing too. I snuck some marketing questions in there, but I I fell in love with Tina and watched her when um, Marie Forleo had her on, uh, I think it was in 2021. So I'm going to link up to their interview that you can watch on YouTube. Highly, highly, highly recommended. It's so good creativity, marketing. A lot of the stuff we're going to cover today, but in um, like two years, ago when we were kind of thick in the pandemic. So it is, it is well worth it. I fell in love with Tina during that interview. I was so blown away by her resume, her swagger, her class, her grace, her queendom. And of course her incredible creative mind. I was hooked and I've been following her ever since. I mean, guys, like I said, I mean, she, it's been so fun to watch her evolve. I mean, she has a book coming out, but also a book coming out with a product line that is going to be in target with it. I mean, who, how, like, Ah, it's incredible what's possible, right? Um, So, you know, listen, when you rattle off Tina's accomplishments, she's been in Essence Magazine's 40 Under 40. She's the author of over 20... books. That's right. Um, she has a tween book line. She writes books for t- tween girls. Um, my goodness, if you have a tween in your life, these are great books for them. So I will link up to those books as well in the show notes. We'll, we'll link up to all things, Tina Wells, but she is also the academic director for Wharton's leadership in the business world program at the university of Pennsylvania. She is the founder of buzz marketing group an agency. She founded at sixteen. Guys, 16 who now has clients like Dell and Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey Network, Kroger, Apple, P&G, Johnson & Johnson, and American Eagle. And so if you're sitting here going, okay, cool, how in the hell is she doing all of this? Well, as a multi-hyphenate entrepreneur who started her business, like I said, at the age of 16, leading boardroom meetings as the youngest and sometimes only black woman in the room, it begs the question, I mean, how does she do it? And did she ever burn out to reach this level of success? Well, the answer is, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She did. And it prompted her down a road of trial and error and this immense deep thinking that helped her find the answer to the thing we're all trying to find, which is balance, like this work life harmony. So she's got this new approach. It's called the elevation approach, and it has been time tested over all her years in business. And it's this technique, this four part technique you can use to meet your goals without sacrificing joy for productivity and progress. So we're going to break it all down today. You Guys, it's all things Tina are in the show notes, but buckle up, this one, as always, is juicy because we don't play around here on the Yes and podcast. So here is my high vibe conversation with the incredible Tina Wells. All right, Miss Tina Wells, I am so happy to be here with you. And I was just telling her, y'all, before we went on the air, I found Tina through y'all know how much I love Marie Forleo. So I found Tina through um what? Tina and I are calling the goat that is Marie Forleo. (laughs) I'm so grateful to be in your presence. You are so impressive. And just Tina, thanks for being here, you marketing creative goddess. You, do you know that's what you are to me? You are such a, like a marketing maven. Like seriously, you're so creative.
0: Well, it's so good to be here. Um, I, and uh, like your energy is amazing. So I love it. I love it, and yes, we we're talking about the goat right before we came on. Marie is the goat, so I'm glad, and and she brings good people together no matter what, right? And so, yeah. so lucky to have met you and found you, of course, through lovely Marie.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's it's pretty incredible, and um, you know, you you are too, and you have elevated. Um, your life and your career in so many powerful ways. You are such a role model for um, women, women of color, women in business. Um, And I'm so impressed by you. And you've been in the game since you were 16. Um, I talked a little bit about that. Were you Born this way? Like, did you come out of the womb an entrepreneur? Like, tell me about baby Tina. Like, how, where did this empire come from? Where did this enterprise come from?
0: Well, it's funny because my mom loves to say that I am exactly the same person I've been my whole life. And so, uh, you know, oh. I'm the oldest of six. I grew up in um, Southern New Jersey. I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but we moved to Jersey when I was pretty young. And my mom tells everyone, she's like, Tina is exactly the same person she mm. has been her entire life. Like, this is just who you are. And so, um, you know, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My mom is one of 14 and all, oh eight of whole, yeah, huge family. Um, my grandfather was a builder. All eight of her brothers were in the trade and all owned their own businesses. And so I grew up in a really entrepreneurial family and just, it was kind of a natural thing for me to get into. But I will say, um, I feel like I was an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't really have the language for what I was doing at the time. I didn't understand it as entrepreneurship or business ownership. I just thought I was into pop culture and found a way to get stuff for free and then found a way for people to pay me (laughs) and give me stuff. And so I just didn't really early on have the language to say, I'm an entrepreneur. The way I feel like this generation very clearly defines who they are, how they're showing up, they own it. Um, In the mid-90s, I don't think we yet had the language or the ability to kind of own things like that.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And my favorite thing you said in all of that, and there was a lot, is (laughs) I found a a way. Like, I found a way. I found a way. We love to talk about, like, writing these I am power statements. Like, I am healthy, I am wealthy, and I love all of that. But I think so many times we forget the, okay, well, if I'm not really feeling that, how can I? be wealthy? How can I be more creative? How can I get more balance? And then we start to build a plan, but I love, and that's what my favorite, one of my favorite things about entrepreneurs is this notion of, we're always sort of saying, okay, well, how can I, how can I? And what I think you've also just illuminated, and it makes me feel better about myself not knowing is, most people will be surprised. Most entrepreneurs really don't know what they're doing I most days. It. Are you wow. in that
0: camp? Are you in that camp too? Absolutely. I, and it's okay. funny. I thought I had graduated from that camp. And what I have since yeah. realized is if you were really doing your thing and really in your zone, you never graduate. Every day oh, the next good. day, right? If you don't wake up feeling like, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Or that fear you may not actually be showing up as the best version of yourself, right? Mm. Because as entrepreneurs, we know we have to get in it. We have to find solutions. And sometimes in the path to finding a solution, it is scary. We don't Mm. have the answers, right? We have a, a idea of how we can get to the answers, but there are, if you're an honest entrepreneur, there are moments where we're like, we don't know what we're doing at all. Not even a little bit.
1: Right. I think if more people understood that, more people would move. More people would move, right? (laughs) And that's the whole essence of yes and, right? Like we want you to move, confident action. Mm -hmm. So you have really developed this this approach you called the elevation approach. I mean, you've written a whole book about it. It is out now. Y'all link in the show notes, run and get this book. And in it, Tina explores a lot of things, but really walks us through sort of these four techniques that you can use to sort of live in your purpose, make progress, but also not sacrifice your joy. Okay. And the first one is, might be my favorite. I don't know. They're all good for different reasons, but let's talk about preparation because I think there is a big misnomer in the improv theater for I work as a keynote speaker. And that is how I primarily make my living and things are changing and evolving. Passive income streams are coming into the, the business and I'm uh, evolving as a human. So but I still speak. It's the love of my life. And I think a lot of people wouldn't hire me at the beginning because they assumed I was this improv girl that was going to go in mm. and tell everybody, oh, just woo, wing it, baby. We improvise, woo, we wing it. Now we have to iterate. And I know you know that. Like we have to think on our feet and none of us have a script, but the misnomer about the improv theater is that we are actually some of the most prepared people you'll ever meet because it's our preparation that allows us to flex, to improvise. Right. Okay. So talk to me. Okay. So Tina's going, I love that. Okay, good. Is this, is this where you go with this technique? Let's talk about how you've used preparation to stay in your purpose.
0: Yes. And so uh, there are four phases in the elevation approach Or you can think of them as like four seasons, and it's a very cyclical approach. And so we start with preparation. And within each phase, we have these, what I call three principles of instant elevation. And so in preparation, we have declutter your space, get curious, and know your numbers, right? And so what Mm -hmm. I love about what you just said is you go in fully prepared, you have created those boundaries and then you let yourself get curious and get wild. Yes. And all those things. But it's within a defined space and you are fully prepared to do that. And so what I hope readers get out of this is we all have big ideas and what we really need to figure out is how feasible they are. And so mm. first you try to get the clutter out, right? You have to get yourself to a place to be able to focus. When you're in your improv zone, you are focused, right? Yes. You are in a zone to deliver, right? And then you have to think about, you have to get curious, right? What I love about improv is like, you can tell that people that are in that space really spend time observing. Mm. And things are funny when you're observing, right? You just start to see things that are like, oh, that's really interesting or people are interesting. and yeah. But that comes from curiosity and, and observing. And then knowing your numbers, I think for any aspiring entrepreneur, you have to understand how feasible your idea is and if mm. it's worth the space that you're allocating toward it. You know, we might have a big idea. I want to open a bakery. I want to start an online business until you know what it's really going to cost. And knowing your numbers isn't just financial, right? Knowing how much time it's going to take from your family, mm, what you're good. going to, have to give up, right? Once you know that, then you can have that, that improv, what appears to be a free for all, right? Yeah. Then you launch into inspiration, which is you take that idea on the road, you, you socialize it, Right. But you you're prepared to get to the place to socialize. And so I, I love the the comparison to improv.
1: It's so good. Life is improv. And when I saw preparation as one of the um, cornerstones, I, I was just screaming with joy because, yes, and I love that you included environment and clutter. Um, I don't think we talk in entrepreneurship and in creative work enough Environment. And I have done it all where I've been in apartments. My office has been my kitchen, like my office has been my bedroom. Sometimes my office is a coffee shop down the street because I need to clear out the energetics of what's going on in my home, or I don't have an office. So I think we have to pay attention to that. And those are all ways to prepare yourself for the most important work you need to be doing. So know your stuff, you guys. Um, And I think that said, you know, this kind of walks us into this inspiration component, right? It's another technique. So the inspiration is a big word. When you say inspiration, what do you mean by that? What's the framework behind it? Talk to us about that and how important it is.
0: I kept finding that I was getting in a zone of being uber prepared for something. And then in inspiration, I was socializing it, but I was constantly in this loop of like preparation, inspiration, and that led me to burnout. And so when I think about inspiration, I think about, okay, you know your idea is feasible, right? We've we've progressed past preparation. We've done the numbers. We got curious. We know we've got something. Now you start to socialize it. And that can mean a bunch of different things. Someone asked me the other day, oh, so is it talking to your friends? I said, not necessarily. Um, For me, inspiration is actually talking to other people who have done what I'm trying to do, validating it, and getting their input to bring my idea and take the idea to the next level, right? So when I started developing the business I have now with Target, understanding manufacturing, how I was going to do this, Mm -hmm. while I love my friends and they're a huge part of my recreation phase, I had to meet people who were in manufacturing and really get to know um, how that business worked and, and soak up everything from them on what I needed to know. And I think a key part, one of my key uh, instant elevation phrases in this phase is you can't make withdrawals where you haven't made deposits, right? So it's also Ooh. about creating these new relationships. I talk a lot in this part of the book about what it means to develop like your core relationships from your personal board of directors to the witnesses of your life and all of these things that are so important and they're really important to you in that inspiration phase because this is when you are committing really that you are doing this thing, right? And that you're you're getting all the intel you need to make it happen. And so I think there's a way you do that. I think that we have built a society around begging people to mentor and not really thinking about the benefit of being a friend tour. I think peer um, learning is so important, right? That's what's so beautiful about the improv community, right? A group yeah. of peers coming together. Ensemble. And, Yes, the ensemble, right? And so I think we really need to think more about community. I think some of the great entrepreneurs we've already been talking about, like Marie, right? What's great about B-School is a beautiful community of like-minded people where you can become friend tours and you're showing up for each other. And so that's what I love about that phase. I love the getting out, meeting people, and all of the inspiration that comes from those conversations. I think
1: that's so big. There's so many things you touched on there, a, a personal board of directors. How do you find who's on yours? Does that change as you are changing in your business? Um, I have a a, a list sort of to give you some some thought behind it. like i I try to seek out two people who are where I want to go, two peers who are where I'm at in the game with me, and then two people who are coming up to sort of remind me of what it, what it was like to come up and the kids keep me fresh. Right. I'm like, what's going on? What is everybody saying? What are they wearing? What are we doing? What are we talking? When everybody says this, what do they mean? Like, so that's how I have built mine. What what do you do?
0: Like, how are you doing something similar? I, I am very similar in thought. And it's so. I'm so glad you touched on what we're, you know, the younger generation, because especially for me with Gen Z, I am in so, so inspired by them. Yes. I'm inspired by the view of the world, right? For the right? tweens, yes. I love, you know, I love tweens. But my, my yes. niece is a tween. Well, no, she's going to correct me if she hears this. My niece is a teenager now. A teen. She just she's turned 13. Oh. But her view of the world and how she sees things is so important for me. And it's a really unique perspective. And it really is deeply inspiring to me. And so I think um, to answer your question, yes, I, I don't recommend more than five people on that personal board of directors because Beautiful. I think- you know, when you're making critical decisions in your life, you don't want to socialize that with tons and tons of people. And you don't actually yes. want tons of opinions when it comes to the really hard, big, like I'm crying and can't get out of bed for a couple of days. Like those things, you don't want to tell 20 people, right? You want to know, mm. like you said, people who have been there who are going to give you some feedback on their experience. You want peers that I think um, hold you accountable, who really know where you're at right now and can really give you the tough talk uh, and I think you want that freshness that comes with with younger people where they just help you see things in a way or, or see a benefit where you're like, this is all bad and they can look at it and say, no, there's actually a lot of amazing things happening.
1: So good. So good. I love that. Okay, guys, as we're sitting here talking to Tina, having this high vibe conversation about leveling up. Personal development is a big part of that process. And I think so many times we are afraid to launch anything new or ask for what we want uh, because we are in too deep with doubt. And um, really reframing fear and failure and building that discipline is a high performance habit that is required to get you to the finish line of any new new choice or or product or thing you're trying to build in the world and and that is why I wrote my book. So if you haven't read Fear is my homeboy, my first book, well maybe now is the time. It's on Audible, we have it on Kindle, you can buy it in a hardcover, it's on Amazon, uh, it's on my website, link in the show notes for all the things, but that book was written to help you reframe fear. Befriend your fear, right? And most importantly, give you the courage to show up as yourself. Which we're talking about here on the podcast today, despite what other people may say or think about it. And I also, in follow up to that book, have a workbook. It's called The Fear Boss Project. It is a great follow up to Fear is My Homeboy. It can be used on its own or in a book club or at your team meetings to really lead small group discussions. I mean, the pages are full of thought provoking exercises and journaling prompts that are designed to help you untangle the tangling that can happen in our brain. And this is something truly you can pick up multiple times a year and the exercises, please teach and share them and use them inside your community. So again, all the things are on Amazon and of course my website and truly the future belongs to the brave and my books will help you go faster and be less perfect because the only failure there is out there is not trying. Okay, back to the show you touched on recreation and I want to tap into this cause it's also one of the techniques. So we've talked about preparation, inspiration. Now we're moving on to recreation. And a lot of times when I'm on podcasts or, or being interviewed or whatever, people will go, well, how do you, how do you come up with a good speech or how do you write a good book and all this stuff? Like, what are some tips? And you know what I say? Honestly, I'm like, go live an interesting life, like go do cool stuff, play, have fun, be in your life, date your creativity, and then go write about it and tell me those stories. So how do you, is this what you mean by recreation? Like get into your life. Talk to me about that.
0: Yes. And I want to be like super clear. Recreation is not exercise. Like there is is a space for that. Actually, for me in my practice, I almost find that as preparation. Like it's just insane right? It's like what I need to do to function as the best version of myself, show up is that. And I actually did not come to that understanding on my own. I was like at a retreat and I was having this massage and and this guy said to me, he's like, you know, I know you work out, but it's not relieving your stress and you have to find another way to work through the stress. And I, I, I thought that the workout was that. And when I started to really understand play, which is like Monopoly game night with my family. I don't know how many of you during the pandemic, my family, we would get on zoom and play Jackbox.
1: Oh, I don't know it, but that sounds so fun.
0: It's so much fun. And we did all these different games together and, you know, playing like phase 10, like anything that was really play. What I found was it got me out of thinking about the problem I was trying to solve. It was almost like a pause button. I did something totally unrelated. And then when I went to the next phase, transformation, I was able to bring it all together. And so sometimes it's a walk, but but the walk is more about getting out in my neighborhood, seeing people, seeing the trees, like seeing- Noticing. Yes. It's the noticing. It's not the like, I got to do this workout so I can make this thing happen, right? That is more, like I said, what I need to do to get my day going or feel- Like, I can show up properly. Recreation is about the thing you do for yourself. It can be cooking. It can be a wine class. It can be, you know, whatever is that thing. It can be an hour. Sometimes for me, it's a guilty pleasure, half hour of TV Fun. That I just need to see, right? Just to yes. have a little disconnect from my day, and and that's what it needs to be. But I don't ever want anyone to think recreation is like that's where I got to go do my workout. That's going to be yeah. this thing, you know?
1: That's prep. That is prep. I love that you gave us that permission and that reminder. Um, for me lately, some recreation. I have just finished Emily, in, Emily in Paris. I don't know if you've binged that yet, I but oh my Paris. god, every outfit. I cannot. I'm it good. is. So good. Um, and you know what else guys, if you're looking, it could be as simple as like, I've been into swings lately. I don't know if when the last time you've swung on a swing in a park. It is so fun. fun. (laughs) Uh, So I, I am kind of on a mission to seek those out. So again, it's like, what are these small things you can do, whether it's games or swings or Emily in Paris, what you're telling us to do? And a big part of elevating anything in your life is getting in your life and getting in it, like really in it and not feeling bad about it. I love that, which is sort of what leads us to the fourth component which is yeah. transformation it's one of my favorite words um and one of the things tina i'm always asking myself cuz like every evolution of my business um has felt scary and it's going to feel scary i mean you're talking about target and manufacturing i mean i'm in this in this vibe in my own business for an apparel component uh, an apparel component say that five times in a row um <laughs> so i'm learning i'm in those trenches and i'm i'm now asking myself this question okay who do i have to become Mm -hmm. Who do I have to become in order? Because what got me here ain't going to get me there. So I honor it. I love it. I receive it. I respect it. But who does she, who do, what does she read? What does she do? What does she eat? What does she wear? Who does she talk to? How does she pick up the phone and advocate for her business? Does she fear making the sales call? Or does she pick up the phone and ask for what she wants? Like, who is she? And so tell me how you feel about that statement. And so react to that, but also tell me what transformation means to you and how that has shown up for you over the years.
0: Yeah, I I think you have nailed exactly what that phase is about. And and I would go from two, talk about two principles of instant elevation in that phase. The first is making space for reflection, right? Because Mm -hmm. we don't know how we feel about things if we're not taking time to ask ourselves. And then the Mm -hmm. second piece is to let go of what no longer serves you. You know, and I think like you said, that's a great question to ask. So who scary. I, right. But the question you asked is so the right question. Who do I have to become? And if you're not making space for reflection and if you're not letting go of what no longer serves you, you actually can't do that. Right. You can't become who you need to become. I know who I have to be today to be in a manufacturing business and do all the things I'm doing. It's very different than who I got to be and had to be when I was running a marketing agency. You know, it's just a, a new level of things that I never thought would become part of my life that are, that I have to deal with and talk through. And, you know, I'm grateful for all of it, but it was a leveling up that I was not prepared for at all. Like I, I've done books for many years. I knew how to get the book done and do the book, but at every level, you know, it has been really, it's been enjoyable, but it's been difficult. It's been a growth, uh, every, every single bit of it has been growth for me yeah
1: it's that rub. I, I think the improv theater is this as well, guys. The metaphors are everywhere. But like, it's like rubbing that that edge of discomfort and joy, mm-hmm. discomfort and joy. like, oh God, this is so uncomfortable, but oh God, this is the youngest I'll ever be and these are the good old days and try to remember this and write it down, Judy, capture it. Like I'm trying to, you know, sp- like some of the things I regret in early in my business was I was building my keynote business. And as I, I was building my book business, like I wish I would have written down more of that process. Like, yeah. you know, I'm tapping into my archives and I remember some of it, but like, how was I evolving and how was I stepping into that? And was I appreciating the build as much as I, I, you know, I should be. And I think all of that is a part of the evolution. And don't miss the magic, you know, I think is the big message. Don't miss the magic, you know? Um, So, okay, I love, I've got to ask you this. What is the worst piece of business advice you've ever gotten? Because I'm sure you've gotten some. (laughs) (laughs) Or or what is some advice you like disagree with? I'll give you mine. Like mine is for sure. People love to say, oh, fake it till you make it. And I'm like, no, let's make it till you make it. Because if you're putting out a fake version of yourself, then you're going to draw people to that fake version of you. Let's just be ourselves from the jump and make it till we make it. So that's like kind of how I would answer that question. But like, what is something that just rubs you that you hear people talk about all the time? You're like, okay, come on. Um,
0: I think here's one that's really interesting for me. Um, We talk a lot about, I'm just gonna be my authentic self. I'm gonna be my authentic self. I'm gonna bring my whole self. And sometimes I think, one, I think that everyone should be able to do that. But I think what that means is very different, right? And I think sometimes when I once I said to a friend, okay, but where you work, like let's say you're in banking, that industry actually is not asking for your whole self, right? It's asking for a very specific version of you, right? And even the business I'm in, it's like, you can't be like 98% correct in manufacturing. You have to be a hundred percent, right? So I can bring my creativity. I can bring a lot of pieces of who I am, but I have to also adhere to rules that protect a lot of people and make sure that the product that is going on shelves is correct. right? And so I think that we are telling people or, or encouraging them to do something where what we really are saying is like, you want to be authentic and understand the space that you're in and what's required in that space, right? And yes. and really think about, and that's the work-life harmony piece, right? Because there are people who get up every day and they love the systems that exist in banking, right? There are people yes. I've met in manufacturing who love all made those They know them. They live for it. They are made for that job, right? So I think what we really want to tell people is get in touch with yourself understand the type of person you are, and then what role you're going to thrive in. And you will be able to bring your whole self. But sometimes where you're at is actually not in line or not aligned with how you're seeing yourself, right? And so I think sometimes we are like not giving people space to pause and say, is this the right place for myself to show up? And yet forcing it in places. And I I feel like I only recently started to realize that, you know, I grew up in marketing marketing is an incredibly accepting place. You can bring any kind of self to marketing because it is a creative field. But there are many facets of society that do not thrive on creativity in that way. And I I think what I've learned in manufacturing is 90% of what I do every day has nothing to do with how creative my products are and how they show up. And that's the bonus and that's the part I love. But boy, if you understood what I had to spend my days doing and (laughs) the meetings Mm. I'm having and understanding global trade and all of that, it, it is not the part of myself that I want to bring to the job, but, it, but it's what I have to do to do the job, you know?
1: Oh, profound. So big. Uh, speaking of marketing, you know, you are a marketing maven. You have built your career in the marketing space and you have certainly marketed yourself, your books, uh, I, all the products that sort of live in the Tina Wells enterprise, if you will. Um, <laughs> what is your biggest marketing? Like, what do you pe- see people doing right? And what do you see people doing wrong? You know, I'm putting my, Tina, you're going to be proud. Marie would be proud. One of these days I'm going to tell her in person, I'm putting my first course out into the world. And that is, I know, right. It is so exciting and so terrifying all at the same time, but there is a big element. It's like putting your book out into the world, your speeches out mm-hmm. in the world. If no one knows about it, how can anybody buy it? what's your advice? What is helping people um, make moves and what is holding people back from really marketing their beautiful products and services?
0: Yeah, So I am a big believer in the four P's of marketing. So that's product, place, promotion, price. Mm. I think that those pillars will forever be the pillars and you need to know them and you need to understand them. I think the tools that assist you in developing those pillars have changed and they will always change, Hmm. right? But product, understanding that marketing and how you develop that, like the actual product is marketing, right? So if you see my product in Target, that my desk mat is a vibrant, you know, honey colored shade. That is marketing that my, you know, plan and create journal is this beautiful blush pink and gold foil edges. Like there's actual marketing built into my product, right? Promotion. How am I talking about it? What, you know, there are so many tools, right? 10 years ago, I obviously wasn't doing and looking specifically for uh, TikTokers who focus on target, but now that's a part of my promotion, right? But the idea yeah. of promotion is, is inherent to marketing. And I think one of the things that's changed the most over the years is our, our understanding of place. Place could be inside of a retail store like Target. It could be on target.com. It could be on my Instagram channel, right? that That is profoundly changed. And price, you know? And I mean, think about what all these geniuses online do with their pricing strategies, right? Mm-hmm. How you run the numbers, what your squeeze, play, all these things have our tools, but if you can land your product place promotion price, you will always be a good marketer. And just know that the tool stack is going to change, but know that you know that you know the answer to those four pillars. And I, I think you're well on your way to being a good marketer.
1: That's so good. We just got some gold there, guys. The four P's. I mean, are you seeing any places? I mean, I guess, do you have to be every place? I think it can feel really overwhelming with a new book in the world. Like, talk to me. Do you just like, are you picking like with your book, your book, come, you know, your new book that's out in the world? How, how do you know what place to start?
0: So this goes back to really knowing your customer, right? And Mm. I'm telling you one piece of advice I want to give to every listener everyone is not your customer. It is not Ooh, healthy here, here. Right, to think I reach everyone. Whenever anyone says to me, my customer is everyone. No, it's not. And you know what I say back? You can't afford to talk to everyone. None of oh, us can. Well. No, you can't do that. And so if you know your customer and you understand their habits and where they are, focus on those places. For example, I know that I know we have tons of data to support that listeners, right? Podcast listeners translate to book buyers. That is a proven fact. So for me, a very important strategy for me is to be on podcasts because I know that people who are curious and trying to elevate their life and listening to your podcast are people who want content like that in general. And so I get to have these great conversations and I also get to attract readers. And so I, I think you have to know what those things are, but the only way to do it is to know your customer. And not make these big, like, I, when you start to think I'm talking to everyone, you're not drilling down into the discipline that is marketing and marketing is a discipline. You have to remember it's an art and a science. If you get too creative and you don't have data, you're going to lose it. If you're too analysis paralysis and not creative, you're not going to win people over. Right? So good marketers understand that you need some data, you need some creativity. If you marry the two together, you will end up with a really great marketing campaign.
1: Beautiful stuff. Awesome. What's the best business advice you ever got? Like, what is the thing? What's your, what's your North Star?
0: Oh, this is a toughie. I know.
1: Why is it so hard?
0: Oh, when I, um, I after college did a program at Wharton and my professor gave me a really great piece of advice to all of us students at the time. And he said, don't ever be afraid to say, if someone asks you a question, you don't know the answer to, to say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And I love that. He said, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to have the answer and it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know, but I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you.
1: Oh, that's so good. We just had a question come up where, um, someone was nervous. She's giving a speech and there's a Q and a after her speech. She's like, well, what if I get a question I know the answer to? And so like, what a beautiful piece of information to be able to give her to say, Hey babe, like you don't need to have the answer. And you can follow up with that, but I'm gonna find out. So I'll get right back to you. I think that is freeing. And you know, life is improv. We don't have a script. Like, look at Tina and I, you know, Tina knew we were gonna jump on. We were gonna probably talk about her book and creativity and maybe maybe some marketing. I threw some marketing at you, but Tina and I did not have a script. Um, you know, but it didn't mean let's come back to those fundamentals. I was I was prepared AF. I knew about her, I knew about her work, I knew about the book, and I had done my homework. I, of course, was inspired. I talked to my friends about this interview and tapped my network to find out what they'd want to ask her. Um, I made sure that I stayed in the space of, I had a high vibe morning. I'm not going to get on. I'm wearing sequin today, yeah. right? I got all my vision board behind me. So I stayed yeah. in this place of p- play to be able to give the energy to my podcast guest today. And of course, even as I sit here and give this interview, I am, uh, instead of feeling intimidated by Tina and her fabulous success. I'm sitting here going, okay, who do I have to become to get on the phone with Tina today? Get on the Zoom. Get on the Riverside. Um, get on the interview with with Tina today, and 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 that is a transformation. So look at I just used your framework you um, against us here as we sort of moved through this, but you know you didn't have a script, but you have also done that work on yourself uh, to be able to confidently sit here and continue to elevate your yourself and your brand. And you know, Tina, thank you for sharing yourself with us today. You are just so inspiring guys everything tina is going to be in the show notes i'm even going to link up to the very first time i i sort of was introduced to tina i'll link up to that marie forleo interview she did with you which was so good that was like during the pandemic i think i think mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. 2021 so um guys go watch that and tina is there anything else we need to know we've got the new book out the elevation approach yeah. you've got all your tween books um what else do we need to know about you besides Instagram and website and all the fun things. Anything else we need to know?
0: Yeah, I think the other big news is that with the book, there is a whole home home office brand that's launching exclusively at Target. And so um the book and the brand will be together in the home office department on um, March twenty-sixth. And so you'll be able to experience all the elevation products. I really hope that they bring work-life harmony to your, you know, wherever it is that you're doing your work in your home. Um, and the whole idea is that we take creativity to new heights. And so I hope you love it. And I you can look at it now. It's available, it's on target.com right now. You can pre-order items. But um, I hope you go into stores and see it. I really hope that you know it's inspiring and elevating and all of the things. I am
1: so proud of you. Congratulations. Thank that is you. incredible. Can you even believe those words are coming out of your mouth? Never. Do you sometimes no, no, just no. go, <laughs> what is happening? No. I did what? I have what in Target? Like, no. Oh, Tina, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Well, I, I can't wait to go get some. I'll tag you on Instagram when I do. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for being here. Final thing. I love to ask every guest the the title of this podcast is called yes. And you know, all about saying yes in life and putting ourselves in the arena, but also having the guts to do something with it, to move it forward. Right. Um, you can say yes but if you don't move, nothing's going to happen. So when I offer up those words, yes, and to you, is it sort of relates to entrepreneurship and creativity and putting ourselves out there, which marketing is that, um, what does yes, and mean for you and sort of how important is that mindset in making things happen?
0: Um, I, I, I love it as a mindset. I think the yes gets you in the place of saying, I'm going to get into the zone to find a solution. Ooh. Right. It may mean, I don't know the answer today, but yes. And I'm committed to figuring it out.
1: Forward momentum. So good, Tina. Thank you so much, girl. We'll see you on the other side. Congrats. All right. Thank you. All right, y'all. I mean, can you even, and I love that I snuck some marketing in there. We got the three P's of marketing, baby. Product, you know, remembering that your design is marketing, promotion, you know, how will you talk about it? The place, well, who are you gonna talk about it to? Knowing your audience, being really specific, and then price—like creating leverage and a sense of urgency—but also um, doing your market research there. So you, so gold in this episode, and I'd love to know what your favorite part was. So as always, I love hearing from you. Talk to me, email me, go check out Advocare, check out Tina Wells, leave us these reviews—they um, matter and mean so much. And I. I can't wait to be here with you next week. We are going to continue to bring the juicy content every, every Wednesday right here on the yes. And airwaves. So uh, we'll see you next week, guys. In the meantime, shine on.